0: All right, we are on.
1: <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh,
0: let's see, this is third episode of the season. I think overall, is this seven? This is number seven, yeah. Okay. Um, well. Let's see, since our last pod, I think we were one in three, is that right? There was the Lakers, Golden State, Knicks and Boston. Yeah, beat the uh, Lakers on
1: election night, and then uh, got beat by the Warriors, no surprise. Ugly yeah. games against the Celtics in the day.
0: Yeah, it was uh, pretty poor displays of offense. Uh, arguably adequate defense, I guess, because of the low score, but I don't know if I'm ready to say it was good defense.
1: Yeah, I was watching the Knicks and they're the Knicks game and early in that game the Mavs got up ten or twelve points and I was like, Wow, this Knicks game is really bad and then in the third quarter they come back and outscore the out by like twenty and then win the game going away and I and then I hadn't the thought of well how bad are we <laughs> if that's the case <laughs> Because yeah, that team. I mean, you know, Carmelo's good. I love Porzingis, but Carmelo's got nothing. Derrick Rose really isn't that good anymore. Uh, just a real just disappointing
0: yeah, I defensive agreed. team. They're I the agreed. worst
1: defensive team in the league, and we had like 50 points going into the fourth quarter.
0: Yeah. <laughs> There's there's not a lot of good to talk about. Uh, really, but what it comes down to. I, I was trying to think of an analogy of what this season is like for math fan math fans. And uh this is the best one I could come up with, but maybe maybe we could tweak it on the uh pod here. I okay. compare it to uh okay, we've got this guy in a relationship, right? On and off again, lots of drama. Um, is he going to marry her, is he not? And then he breaks up with her, okay, and it's over. And he's dating somebody much younger, no baggage, right? And he just doesn't care. He just doesn't care. It might work. Like, she's young. It's probably not going to work. And so, a good night out is, is like a bonus. Um, doesn't do anything, you know... It doesn't matter. That that's kind of how I feel right now. I have, I have no, I have no emotional investment in this team. They win, they lose. I'm just like, ah, you know, like you know, she yells at him. She's mad at him. He just doesn't care. He's like, so what? Break up with me. And so yeah. that's how I kind of feel with this team because I have, I have no emotional pain with the loss. None whatsoever. No, none, none. Yeah, and uh, the more I watch this team, the less I like most of the players. I have to admit, uh, Harrison Barnes—he's really morphing into a. Uh, for forgive the comparison, but I have to say, like a a, a Dirk Junior. I, I the way he's just like I know, I know. I, I I'm hearing all the laughs, but. If look at the way, I, I just think back to Dirk in his prime. He was top of the key, working the mismatches, and just, he was just money on all his shots. And and you walk away and you're like, gosh, he just dominated us, had 30 points, and it was so, it was spectacular and unspectacular all at the same time. And right, right. I, I'm starting to put together why Dirk, likes him so much because there's a level of non-emotional robot-like behavior to Harrison Barnes that is oddly endearing. And, you know, he just he just gets there on the free throw line. He does his move over and over again, rises up above his defender, shoots it, and he makes it. Like last night against Boston, I was like, this guy's a legit cornerstone unequivocally ah, – I've said this now three weeks in a row. I'm I'm still in shock by this. I did not see this coming.
1: Well, I knew he would step up. I think he's been better than even I expected. I thought this might be like year two. You yeah. know, like it might take him a year to sort of, you know, figure things out a little bit. But, yeah, as bad as we are, the one bright spot you could say is every night it's Barnes with 20-something points or even 30, he's done that a few times, and then there's somebody else. And so it's like Barnes, and then it's been Berea a few times. Last night, Wes Matthews came to life and put up 22, but It's it's uh, it's, it's Barnes and somebody else, which is what you want to see, because, look, this week they've got the Grizzlies, who just beat the Clippers, in LA, and so you get the Grizzlies, and then the next night you're going to Orlando, who might be as bad offensively as the Mavericks are. So that's going to be yeah. a hor- horrible game to watch, but but might be winnable. Next week they play the Clippers, Spurs, and
0: Cavs. <laughs> it's just awesome. I mean, so we. I mean, this that's, is, this, this is going to be terrible. I mean, the record <laughs> is so bad; it's almost enjoyable. It's like, and this is the best draft. To, to have you know
1: such a terrible year, you know i yeah I'm so, yeah, you guys want it. Barnes. yeah, you just want Barnes to keep developing and not sort of you know gain any bad habits from sort of being on a bad team, but a week from now, like after Thanksgiving, this team might be two and thirteen and the bottom yeah. of the conference
0: I'm good with that,
1: I'm totally but fine if you with could it. come in. Yeah, it's, like we said, I think it's the start of the season. They're going to be competitive on a lot of nights, nice, but probably just get a lot of losses. And if you end up with a lottery pick this year and you've got Barnes for three more years and you bring in one of these, you know, studs if you draft well, you you could actually set yourself up for you know, the Mavs could be you know on the rise here much more quickly than than maybe people thought a year ago and somebody else I mean look Dorian Kenny Smith is is starting right now and he's not doing much but he's playing so there could be some development there and yeah. he's only going to get more minutes as we go along here and who knows I, I think you're right you said it a couple weeks ago about you could flip one of these more veteran guys for, for a draft pick or, or somebody younger that um, you know starts to develop this roster so, so you feel bad for Dirk but this is You know, he could, could. if he comes back next year, he could be on a much-improved team, depending on who we draft.
0: And the fact is, Dirk has three babies at home. I I don't, I mean, he's got enough to deal with it. I I wonder if it's almost like a nice break of a season to just, you know, it sounds terrible to say, but just doesn't have to stress about basketball. He could just enjoy the development and almost, like, take a year off. And, you know, next year he's going to have, like, a stud point guard, dynamic point guard to play with. Barnes has developed. And uh, maybe we find somebody that's that's promising. So, okay. So the hot take of the week. we got a mm. couple hot takes.
1: Okay. Just
0: hot take. I'm starting to really like... Nicholas Brasino. Um, yeah. he's, he's gotten very uh, little playing time despite the rookies playing, but he looks like he's got a real feel for uh, for playing the game. I, I don't know if you caught the... Uh, was it the Knicks game that he played a good bit in the fourth quarter? He had a nice yeah, pass. Yeah, I think he got in there. Yeah. He had a nice pass, a couple nice shots. You know, you I I don't know if he's ready to play more, but I'd like him to play more because he just has a feel for the game that (laughs) leads me to my second hot take. Um, Justin Anderson, uh, it's it's almost as if he's got no sort of offensive feel to playing basketball. Um, He's good at driving, even though he's like a bull going into the lane, which I'm fine with. But sort of his three-point three, three point to mid-range game, I can't figure it out. What is he doing out there? Like, if it's not a three, like, two feet behind the three-point line, it seems like he just doesn't even know what to do with the ball. <laughs> yeah, he's not. Uh, uh, he's got a ways to go offensively
1: to really – a consistent threat. I mean, I think that what you can get excited about there is that you're right. He you can drive to the basket, and yeah, he's not a bad free throw shooter. So if he can create some some activity there, that's a positive. And, and he's good defensively. But yeah, I mean, his offensive game lately, and, and even last night, you know, they were trying to rally late against the Celtics, and he gets a steal, but then like misses the layup. And I mean, it was just a missed layup. He needs something to jump like that. Yeah, just go in as hard as you can and throw it down. He might you might as process. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: And then uh yeah, I I'm still not crazy about his form. It's too much of a like Adrian Dantley wind at back shot and uh I mean Finney Finney Smith looks like he has better form on a shot and if you've got good form you're eventually gonna you gonna make bad. And Yeah. I just, uh I worry about that wind-up, you know, when you get into the flow of a game, you just have time to, because with that wind-up, you got to set. You can't shoot off-balance shots with that wind-up. Right, uh, right, When When you're shooting more conventionally, you can keep your arm in position while you're leaning back forward side to side, and that's about him long-term. He really needs to change his form uh to get a, a little quicker release more monster he hasn't developed more considering how much the mavericks put into development, really, you know?
1: Right, right. No, that's a good point.
0: So yeah. but who my... knows
1: if they're looking at him, you know, you hear so much in the league now about kind of your three and b kind of guys where right now it's like you could defend and maybe they're hoping like we were talking about, if they bring in some sort of stud point guard next year and Dirk is back, well, all of a sudden those open shots become more prevalent. And if he could just stand there and knock down threes, he becomes more valuable in that sort of situation.
0: Well, I agree, but I I hate the idea of limiting him because what's the difference between him and Kawhi Leonard? Like, Kawhi Leonard just, he's literally shot, like thousands of jump shots to just get a a good offensive game, you know, and to, to limit him as like a three and D guy. I mean, I see no reason why in five years, Justin Anderson couldn't be a Kawhi Leonard type because there's nothing uniquely dynamic about Kawhi Leonard other than he's defensive, like nuisance. Like we've never seen anything like him defensively. And, He's become more than just a spot up three and D guy, and now he's an MVP candidate to some, not me, but to some. And so, uh, I don't know. I, I I I I would have liked to see
1: <laughs>
0: that sounded that sounded like our new president.
1: People are saying people are saying he's an MVP candidate, not me, but it's out there.
0: Not me, yeah. But <laughs> anyways, so that's my quick take on. Justin Anderson. Justin Anderson's still a big fan, but I'm I'm worried about his offense looks exactly the same as last year, and uh, it just doesn't look good.
1: But yeah, go ahead. I will say Kawhi Leonard had good form from the beginning, and to your point, it's like his form may just limit him a little bit as far as what he can develop, and you know, changing your forms a, a big process and, and he yeah. knows what they're working on with him and uh, what they're trying to add to his game. But yeah, you, you would hope that if not coming into the year, over the course of the year, especially a year like this, when they're, they're going to be bad, they're going to be bottom of the standings, that he'll get enough minutes to where something could start to emerge as far as what he can incorporate into an actual game.
0: Just saying, looks like Berea's out now for a little bit. So... <laughs> Maria, Devin Harris, uh, definitely out. D-Wills perpetually off and on. So uh looks like more time for Seth Curry, maybe Justin Anderson at the two more. So that doesn't look good, but uh, it, does lead <laughs> <us> to, <laughs> it does lead us to the uh, discussion of our veterans getting maybe a little too much playing time, talking again about Bogut and Wes Matthews especially wanting to see more Brusino and Justin Anderson, um, which leads me to my last hot take of the week, um, which has to do with trades again. I like trades. Now, the trade machine for ESPN can't really get that going in full effect until December 14th because that's when all uh free agents that were signed this summer are eligible to trade. Right. So it is limited – but um, I do listen to Locked On Mavs with uh, okay. the, great, the great Jake Kemp, and uh, he did mention how he believes his prediction is the Mavs will go after Maryland's Noel in the off season and give him a give him a max contract hmm. because okay. we sort of need a rim protecting slashing center. Well, that subsequently was followed by a trade rumor. I don't know if you heard about it. It was on the Celtics blog for Klay uh, Thompson going to the Celtics. Yes, In a, I did hear about that. Three-way deal that would connect uh Noel from Philly and Jay Crowder to Golden State for Klay Thompson. And obviously, I guess Philly would get draft picks. I think that would be a terrible trade for Golden State. Um, I don't think either of those guys would give half what Klay Thompson would give them. But... Um, that got me thinking. All right. And Mark Stein followed up that rumor with a rumor of, uh, Willie Colley Stein, apparently being on the trade block. What do you think of him?
1: Uh, I like him. Yeah. I mean, he was a good defensive player in college. I mean, he's limited offensively, but if you think about it, you know, almost like in the Tyson Chandler sort of mode, I don't know if he's athletic is, as athletic as Chandler was in his prime, but he's, uh, and he had a couple of injuries in college, but I think overall, I mean, he, he'd be good. He was, I think he was a good pickup for Sacramento. I mean, their problem is they have a franchise center and then they just keep drafting and signing centers. So I don't know. What, yeah. And granted, Vladi Divac is, was a center and maybe he's just sort of focused on that position. That's the only one he knows, but yeah, it's just been a weird, a weird time for them and all the players they keep bringing in, but uh, yeah, it's a piece they would give up. I don't know what we would give up. That would necessarily be a trash to Sacramento, but it sounds like you've maybe done some research.
0: Well, here's the trick. Here's the pro and the con of it. The pro is Vlady Divac is their GM, so anything is possible. Like, <laughs> right. any other team, I would feel that uh, we had no chance at a lottery pick center just from like last year. But right. I, I do think it would be a great pickup for the Mavs. And my immediate thought was they were in love with Wes Matthews two years ago. Okay. Dave mm-hmm. Yeager's Dave Yeager's the coach, very defensive minded. Uh, he may need a veteran to kind of help lead the club. Uh, there could be a strong attraction getting a Wes Matthews, especially if he could just uh, keep producing like he did last night against the Celtics. They would get the shooting that they need. They would get a veteran locked in for three more years that's a leader. I mean, he's good in the locker room. We just don't need him at this point. You know, he he serves very little function for us. Right. Um, And so the trade I put together, it would lean on their end to get Wes Matthews and do a salary dump for them. So we'd get Willie Collestein, uh Omar Caspi and uh yeah. and Costa Kufis. Am I saying his name right? Yep. Um, and so the salaries I think their salaries would add up to about fifteen million because Kufis makes about eight a year for two more right. years, and Caspi makes I think three a year for two more years. So they would clear the books on them pick up West Matthews, have a starting two or three, depending where they put him, and we get a center of the future on a rookie contract. So, again, we could go after a, a wing, if there are any, to sign uh, in the offseason to add to the starting lineup as well. So what, right. would you do that trade?
1: Uh, yes, but I'm not sure Sacramento does that trade, because that's a lot to give up. Because kufus off. is pretty, Kufus is pretty good, and Caspi's a serviceable guy too. So you're talking about bringing it, bringing in three rotation guys for West Matthews.
0: Too. Well, Caspi doesn't play. Uh, Jaeger doesn't really like him that much, and then um, Kufus, I don't. I mean, I guess with their rookie center and with Scal, uh I don't, yeah, know. I don't know how to say it. Well, yeah, yeah. But
1: the a guy. Was, he's another Kentucky guy.
0: They've yeah. centers on their team. A, you know, they need to open up minutes is how I see it. And it, I don't know. I They're not getting free agents to sign there. So I feel like the lure would be, we've got a really good player here tied up in a contract. That, that would almost be attracted to them. Then they could more freely let go of Rudy Gay and get somebody else for them. Yeah.
1: Well, the only the only drawback to that is if they are thinking about Trading Demarcus Cousins at some point because they're just so far away from contending, and he he may just walk away in free agency whenever he becomes a free agent.
0: Yeah. Well, I.
1: I so think if that if know. that happens, then you go Collie Stein and and Scal Le, Le, Levesque or whatever his name is. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's kind of your two two headed monster moving forward, but and they can get a whole lot more for Cousins than than any other trade. So that that would be the one thing, because I don't think bringing Matthews onto that team is going to make Cousins really happy as far as, oh, we're a lot better now.
0: Well, I was thinking Cousins is sitting there, okay, Rudy Gay wants to leave. I'm probably going to trade him at the deadline. I got no vets around me. I loved Rondo. We got rid of him. Um, Now we got Collison again. You know, if they could trade, I know there was a trade on the table before he got injured, for Cameron Payne, for Rudy Kay. Yeah. And I uh, wonder if that gets that comes back uh, once Payne gets off of, I uh, think he's injured right now. And so then he could have a young point guard. He'd have Wes Matthews at the off. I'm really trying to sell Wes Matthews here because <laughs> there is just, I feel like he has zero trade value right now. Sacramento's is our own. Well, that's what I'm saying, is that I just
1: don't think we get that kind of haul from Sacramento just for Wes Matthews. We would have to be like Wes Matthews and throw in, like, you know, Dwight Powell or something like that. But then the well, contracts become. Then a the salaries far are far. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, you're just not getting there without. Okay.
0: So, what if their yeah. report to that was throw in Justin Anderson? Would you do it? I mean, yeah, I probably would,
1: but I, I don't. I still don't think you're getting all three of those guys because as of right now, as of today, Wes Matthews is kind of a proven commodity in the league. Justin Anderson's really not, and then we're getting back. I think Costa Kufos, who could be a rotation center, and Willie Colley Stein, who I think could be good, but then you also have. You know, then it's like, what are you doing with A.J. Hammond, who so you were kind of high on coming into this, that, oh, maybe he could develop into something. We have Solomon measuring. And unless we're just saying, hey, those guys aren't going to do it for us, and maybe you toss one of those
0: guys into the deal. Yeah. I mean, you could do Solomon measuring instead of Justin Anderson. Uh, that that might be attractive to the international GM, Vladi Divac. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I just don't know Sacramento a trade partner. You know, I, I think looking at, you brought up the Clippers a couple of weeks ago, and as well as they're doing right now, you know, they, their bench has been great, and they may be a little bit more interested. Now, the money's going to be a problem, but they might be interested at some point. If they get an injury to, like, a Crawford or a Redick or something like that, or even Mute. they may be more willing to go after someone like Wes Matthews
0: uh, well, I looked into that already, and uh, because of the salaries, uh, we would have to take back a Crawford or an Austin Rivers, amongst others, and uh, they have no draft picks to give us. So, right okay. then it's like, well, what's what's the hook for us? Because we don't want Crawford, and we definitely don't want right. Austin Rivers. So, right unless we were getting a first round or even a couple seconds, I, I don't even think they have that. So, and yeah, then I do yeah. we want to tie up our salary in Austin rivers and Jamal Crawford. So we, we don't be into yeah. that as we don't, yeah. Mike, we might as <laughs> it was West Matthews at that
1: point. Cause at exactly. least we know he's a, a good locker room guy and, you know, kind of know what you're getting, even though, uh, well, hopefully last night was an omen of good things to come because, Without Barea, we're going to be really bad off. I mean, we've been really bad offensively, but it's going to be even worse.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think if if he could pick it up, his scoring, to where he's 15-plus a game, he definitely jacks up his trade value. And I think at this point, they would literally take anything for him. Like two-second rounders. Uh, no, I don't know about that. I, I agree. I think anything. Because, look, $17 million a year. How are we getting rid of that off the books? That,
1: that's well, we're real. not. That's, well, <laughs> that's, that's that, the point of getting...
0: doing a trade for nothing is what I'm saying.
1: Well, okay, but I'm saying, like, that's, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. You're right. You're right. You're really not getting that off your books unless you just take next to nothing. Yeah. You're
0: right. Yeah. So they'll do anything to just dump it. And um, yeah. Uh, Because I I just think it's going to get to a point, if we're that bad, wouldn't you rather see Brissino developing? Wouldn't you rather see Justin Anderson at the two? Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Look, if we're sitting here a week from now and we're two and 13 or on our way to something worse, then, yeah, at a certain point, there's no point in keeping around veterans like, you know, like Bogut and and Matthews. You know, there's just just not... It's like... And, you know, I mean, you probably open up the conversations with those guys and see what they would like to do. And uh if they want to stick it out, I, I don't know. I, I think we could actually, if Wes Matthews continues to play well, he could work himself into a little bit more of a valuable trade piece. I think Bogut could be a trade piece. But, I, again, I don't know what we're getting from him. It's going to have to be the right team looking for a center. Um, But, yeah, yeah. I think those two guys are probably your prime candidates for for getting traded at this point. And uh yeah, if we're going to be this bad, that that's very
0: much a possibility. Well, and there is the off chance uh if there is a Clay Thompson deal to um, I'm I'm very confident we have nothing that Golden State wants other than Bogut and um right. they obviously wouldn't trade him for Clay Thompson, but if there was a 3 to 4 team trade where um you know, we can flip Bogut and you know, get a trade exception and a first rounder, uh, even if it's from golden state, like that, that's still worth it. I think. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, all right. So you have any idea what this week's schedule looks like? (laughs) We said Memphis and, uh, uh,
1: Orlando. So those are the two Memphis at home Friday night, Orlando Saturday in Orlando. So, and by the way, I, I wonder if Carlisle is going to continue to rest veterans on back-to-back because at this point, what are we re- what are we resting for?
0: Well, right. and he's generally resting him in the second half because we're down by 30. <laughs> so, <laughs>
1: right. which, which I get, but I'm kind of like, I mean, does Wes Matthews need to sit out of back-to-back now? It's just like, I just I think just run about them. Who cares? Yeah, I agree. So... I wouldn't mind that practice going away, but you know Orlando's not great, at least offensively. They're pretty good defensively, so that's going to be just a horrid game Saturday night, but that's a winnable game for the Mavericks. And then, yeah. I mean, three games next week that they could lose by a combined 60 points easily.
0: Well, and I'm interested to see Serge Ibaka, too, because he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. And yeah. he could very well be a target of the Mavericks, even though he said he's gonna re sign with Orlando, we know that means nothing. And um yeah, he might be a great pickup to uh yeah. put ne- put next to Barnes and uh you know, next five, six years, uh, but from what I've heard he hasn't been playing well at all. So that's I'm interested to see is it because of how he's being used or does he just have dead legs, is he just I don't know
1: what. So his, his career took a weird turn when he decided he's going to become a three-point shooter. <laughs> like, all of a sudden, he just and he, he would hit threes, but all of a sudden, that's, that's all he would do was kind of hit threes, and then he was sort of lagging behind plays, going the other way, and just he, he kind of stopped being as effective defensively I felt like, when he decided, "I'm just going to be a three-point shooter." and uh, that was weird. I don't know. Yeah. Stop rebounding as much because he's just standing on the perimeter. So yeah. I don't know what to think yeah. of Ibaka.
0: I agree. And, and again, I have a lot of faith in Dallas coaching staff, if, if he were to come here to shift that. But yeah, I'm wondering what how he performs. Also against Memphis, it'll be interesting to see how Parsons is, um, if he has that explosiveness back, if he's even playing. Um I definitely like the trade of Barnes for Parsons right now, but um, oh yeah, Parsons like a little to, bit. I watched. I wanted like of the of Grizzly Clippers,
1: and uh, you know he's just not he's just not doing a time out there. But again, it's just knee. I mean, I think they said it on the broadcast last night that if Parsons were healthy. He would still be on the Mavericks. But I think the Mavericks are just really scared off by two years ending early because of knee injury.
0: Yeah. And and you know what? Parsons was smart. He he got a hundred million and he's set for life and if he he's never back to anything again, that contract's guaranteed. So good for him. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, and while he's at it, he should go ahead and send a portion of that to James Harden every year because if Harden wasn't so good at getting him open shots in Houston, then no one would. He, he would never have even been on the Mavericks radar if he hadn't played with James Harden.
0: Well, and I will add, maybe this isn't our closing point, but I will also add if they didn't know Harden was so immature that he would be pissed off that Parsons would make more than him if they matched, <laughs> they might have kept That's him on true. the team as well. That's so, very uh, true. Dude, I agree. He owes everything to James Harden.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, And on that note, well, this was a somewhat somber
0: episode seven, but hopefully next week we'll have, you know, something something positive to talk about. Yeah. 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 And so uh, let's try to knock this out earlier in the week than uh, Thursday (laughs) next week. But, uh, all right, until next time, this is... uh, this is Al at home. your Maps Matt at home. We are the Mavs Podcast uh, at the Mavs Podcast, right? On Twitter, yeah, right?
1: on Twitter, and then MAPS Podcast at gmail.com. Send us
0: questions, yeah. and uh, we'll get them answered on the pod. All right, ask questions, everyone. All right, I'll talk to you next time.
1: <laughs> All right, see ya.